What's up, everybody? Coming to you straight out of the DBTA sound room, we're bringing you another episode of the Music Podcast Deluxe. That's right, Muck and Dre are back, baby, and we're ready to blow your mind. Woo! In season two, we're going to keep doing what we do best, and that's talking about concerts, records, experiences, and everything in between. Make sure you stay up to date by hitting subscribe, because we're going to have some kick-ass guests coming your way. So stay a while, and make some time for music. No, while they're recording my headset, if that's what we want to hear. Oh, that's That's why we test. That's why we test first at the Music Podcast Deluxe, because you never know what's going to happen and what kind of fucked up settings Windows is going to give you when you... uh, Start fucking around with stuff, you know? After 24 episodes, we've learned a few things. Check it first. Make sure it's right. Fuck around a little bit before the podcast starts to loosen up. Oh, that's I, right. I think those are some good tips. Measure twice, cut once. Uh, I, I just cut once. Uh. And, uh, <laughs> and measure, kind of. But I, you eyeball it and you cut. Well, you saw the, the gate I made. I mean, it's kind of straight. You know, look... In all fairness, the only reason why it's crooked is because the wood warped when it uh, when it dried. Okay, that's the not gate my on fault. your balcony. Yeah, the fucking thing looks great, man. I'm not a construction worker. I think it looks great. I think you did a great job. Very impressed when I saw it. I go, wow, Muck knows something. He knows a thing or two about wood. Look, all you gotta do is screw it together and hope it doesn't split. <laughs> Episode twenty four of the Music Podcast Deluxe, people. Excuse us for horsing around a little bit. In fucking 24 episodes since we started this journey. Jesus yeah, man, Christ, 24, two years. Two, yeah, two, over two years, that's right. Crazy when you think about it that way, eh? I, I was just talking to George about it last night and um, just kind of telling him what we've been doing recently because he hasn't really been keeping tabs on the podcast. But, right. uh, you know, we went through kind of when we st- when this all started and uh, he was like, holy shit, you know. He said, that's, that's pretty crazy when you think of it. You guys have been sitting down and doing this and, and really putting the time in and uh, you know the the length of the episodes have been growing as, as we've been moving through kind of season two, and we've been putting through some new ideas. So yeah, uh, it seems like we're making them a little bit more, a little more cohesive. You know, like we're really doing our research and trying to tie everything together. Usually, sh- trying to shape it. Except for, you know, our, if you've tuned into our last episode, the Great Ramble, it was anything but cohesive. It was we really fun. Wanna- I, it was explicit. Did you re-listen to that? Did you hear there, how many fucks were in that episode? Oh, it's definitely not uh, not child safe. I no, think, no, uh, no. I think there was even an, a part where you went a little bit off the hook. I did, I did, I did. I got carried away. Unhinged a little bit. It, it should be like an explicit plus warning on that. Star. Yeah, yeah. So we'll try and tone it down a little bit. This is the last episode of what we're calling season two, uh, which means uh, Muck and I are going to be taking a little break. We're going to be uh, playing some music. Well, we're going to be doing a bunch of shit. A couple still of working planned. on music. Still listening to music. Um, but not the podcast. Not for a little while. I think take a little pause. I think we're going to refine some some potential next season podcast ideas. Yeah, come back with some new ideas. Um, some nice fresh start for season three. Work on our chops a bit. Uh, we've got uh, at least at this point two songs that uh, we need to kind of polish up and structure a little bit better. That uh, that are almost there, I think. Uh, maybe they need a little bit of guitar, so we're going to hunt. To, I need to just spend some time behind the kit, man. In general, like I just need to play drums, really tighten up, because i got some ideas in my head that my hands aren't exactly doing right now. You know? so we're I, getting there. I, we're getting there. We're getting there. And um, maybe maybe throw in a couple covers. We had talked about some Rage Against the Machine covers. Uh, I found a whole bunch of my old tabs in my filing cabinet. I'm going to flip through. Maybe, oh, that's a great idea. Maybe try to learn a couple of oh, other yeah, songs yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a great idea. that I used to be able to play more or less. 
Uh, just muscle memory. It'll probably come back. I guess we can kick her off here. Explain uh, a little bit what we're going to do this episode. Yeah, but first of all, we went to a show last week. You wanted to mention it. Oh, that's right. This going to do this in the preamble, I said. Yeah, right? I think we should do this right now. Okay, well, we went to see the history of flying objects. Their EP launch was last week. These guys are heavy. It's just really heavy, kind of post-hardcore uh, metal. Um, they were they killed it. Honestly, they, they, they really tightened up. It was explosive. Yeah, and they, 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 they just they, they nailed it. And I got to do lights. Yeah, that's a, that's a first. So it seems like we're, uh, we're breaking all sorts of rules this year. Yeah, yeah. First time DJ. First time uh, light guy. Uh, that's what happens when you know the band, I guess. How, uh, how, so going into this, you thought, oh, yeah, it wasn't, can't be that hard. Maybe a strobe and a couple of uh Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I pictured, you know, uh, maybe a simple board with... I had seen, you know, some light boards before. I guess I had seen really... Elementary ones, basically, because ones. yeah, they basically had like eight buttons, maybe like a strobe, a couple faders, and some spots, you know, like pretty simple. Well, I get to this fucking board, and oh shit, dude, things are falling over in the studio Fine, here, good. the DBTH studio. Okay, no, I knocked over your notebook, and the board is like. There's like a hundred buttons on it with a touch screen and all kinds of different colors. There's and a LEDs. bunch of tape, like un- there's tape and markings. And I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, what the hell am I gonna do? So what? I just sat there for about two hours, and I figured out how to just set a real simple setup, and uh, I think it worked out great. Yeah. I think it worked out great. But I mean, you know, with a band that tight and you know just that much preparation on their part, it would have been really hard for me to fuck up that set. I think. Well, I mean, unless you tried to, like, sync to the drums and did some crazy shit. Yeah, and it's just so obvious. But that's it. I just played it safe, you know? Like, I played it safe and it worked out. So, light guy checked off the list. (laughs) Done that. Done that. Fuck, man. What next? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what comes. But until then, we're going to reminisce. Until then, we're going to get nostalgic with this episode here. We uh, we thought it would be a real cool idea to kind of go back to the beginning. Um, we started Season 1 with the Team Top 5. We're going to end Season 2 with the B-sides to our Team Top 5. So these are going to be, like, not necessarily B-sides because there was so much music at the time that we were listening to that it's very difficult for us to put these lists together. But it's like a... It's like a uh, a second team top five. I I wouldn't quite say B sides because I listen to a lot of this stuff quite quite frequently. Well, let me just get over the smell here for a second and tell you that no top five list is really a top five list. You know, you're just kind of picking a moment in time right now and what is your top five right now? And now that's it. We waited the two years while we did the podcast and we. Reevaluated. We asked ourselves the question again: What is our top five? And now we spit out a new list, basically. Yeah, well, it was pretty easy for me. I don't know if it was that easy for you. Look, uh, I the problem I had is I listened to a lot of single songs, so a lot of the albums that I was thinking about putting on, or a lot of the musicians I was thinking about putting on, or artists I was thinking about putting on, were more like. Uh, I don't know, call it like Disturbed, uh, Down With The Sickness. But like, I didn't like that whole album. I only mm. really liked that song. Was this Napster Days? Yeah, it kind of was. This is what was happening. Yeah, we were so downloading, we were downloading songs. single songs, something we heard oh, on the I radio. had tons of bands like that too, man. Tons. And uh, the, the side effect of that was that I didn't really listen to entire albums, 
with exception of the ones I bought. So I tried to keep it to that list. Oh, dude. Albums if we I keep going in this direction, copy. we're going to start shitting on the internet again, eh? Uh, Are we about done. to shit on the internet? The fucking Napster? I wish I had access to my old library of stuff. I really do. I want Your to know old, what was, like, like download my high school folder? Yeah. I think I might have it on a hard drive somewhere. I just don't know how toast the hard drive is, and it's very, very time-consuming to try to recover Look, that I data. can't be absolutely certain, but I think on my external hard drive, I may have my first downloads. Huh. I think they stayed in that folder, and I just kept copying and copying the hard drive. Well, my, my, my problem is that... That is some old... Those are old files yeah, now. Well, that's the thing, right? I Can I a file be old? Yeah. Yeah. It has an old date. It was created a long time ago. But is it aged? In any way, has the information changed at all on the hard drive over time? Um, it should have, right? Depends it's on moved, when like it's been fragmented it's been differently, moved, right? It's been moved around the disk and copied and broken apart and yeah. swapped up. So uh, I have a ton of hard drives. So for me, the problem is going to be figuring out which hard drive has it because I built a lot of my own computers and I was constantly upgrading and I was constantly breaking shit because. Uh, like I was loading up my hard drives to capacity and I was installing tons of games on them and whatnot. So I think I may have to go through like five or six different hard drives, but at the same it's time... It's around. It's somewhere living. Yeah. I, I breathing. Remember no, it's not breathing. At one point, it's I was It's not just, living either. I was making a music folder and every time my hard drives would die, I would bring the music folder over and keep adding more music. Yeah. So it became a larger yeah, and larger... that's what music, happens. And then it got stuck on one of the hard drives somewhere, somewhere. and I don't know where it is. So those, that's where they I gotta get. I That's where the files are. I swear to God, the like you guys can't hear me, but I probably have about a foot stack of hard drives. Oh, uh, that's there. We go. We have the idea for season three. We go through the hard drive. Hard drive digging. That sucks. Yeah, that really is horribly boring. That imagine now we're deleting this file. That's the whole podcast. And now we found. Oh yes, down with the sickness. Disturbed. We're going to transfer this file into another folder. We're organizing. I this is the to, whole podcast. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, I need to upsample because it was downloaded <laughs> in uh, 20, 28 kilobits per second when I had a 1.3 kilobyte. Uh, oh, per Jesus. Yeah, we're going to put them to sleep, dude. Okay, look. We're going to take a small pause and we're going to come back to you each with our B-Sides Teen Top 5. Let's fucking do it. Okay, everybody, here we go. Let's get nostalgic. Our B-side, Team Top 5. How do you want to do this, Muck? You want to just, like, fire them off? Like, you'll do your list, I'll do mine? Yeah, I, I think I'll go through my list. Um, I've got a couple interesting pieces here. Uh, we can talk through them, give you some... Okay, so, some I mean, just take us, take us through a journey into Muck's... Warped adolescent mind. So, um, as I mentioned, uh, like on the first uh, team top five, a lot of the stuff that influenced me was either through uh, listening to music at Shane's place, Shane's brother, or you might want to clarify Shane. Shane he's a very one of my like my childhood Your buddy. Yeah, yeah, my childhood best friend. Um, so him and his brother, and then also school uh, cafeteria at lunch. But what's interesting is our schools had completely different music tastes, right? So. Uh, I kind of cheated a little bit on this first one where I still wanted to get five. How dare you? I tend to just make up my How own rules. How dare you? How dare you? I this is this. the music podcast deluxe. Okay, I'll allow it. 
I'll damn, allow it. damn right you will. Yeah. And and like I was saying, this is kind of the Napster days, so it's hard to put my finger on top five music, but I'm just going to resort back to CDs I knew I had and I listened to all the fucking time. So my first picks were Godsmack, uh, the Awake album, that's uh, 2000, and Static X, which is uh, 1999, Wisconsin Death Trip. I'm so you're putting those two together. Together. I, I'm, and the reason for that is because they were very short-lived. I may have listened to them a lot, but um, they were around the time when I was listening to Buzz, the, the radio station, 99.9. Mm. And I kind of got interested in Godsmack from their original or one of their uh, earlier singles, uh, Voodoo, which I think, you you know. It's, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a real weird I'm song. I'm not the one exactly. who's so far away. Very dark. The, I listened to that Godsmack album, man. That's a downer album. Yeah, well, <laughs> so the reason I really like that album specifically is the bass lines are fucking killer. And it was Huge about the lines. time when I was starting to play bass. So some totally of the, makes sense, man. Some of that, that was pretty influential. And like, I tried to learn a couple of the songs. Some of them were easier. Some of them I don't remember. Um, and then at the same time, we were getting like people on this like static X trip for no apparent reason other than the fact that it's incredibly aggressive. Yeah. For me, static X is along the same lines as Ramstein. It's a sure. it's very much one dimensional kind of. This is what the band does. F- go freak out and like that's what it is. You would you would often it's, find they're me, fun. Like push it is it's it's fun. Oh you know? for sure like, for sure. And then that was like the flagship song bam, in high school. Bam. Yeah, that's it's really yeah it's cool. So I would I would say that like those were two albums that I would probably put on back to back. Take out Ramstein, throw Static X on right after. I mean, it's not, Godsmack. Uh, I said Ramstein before. That's probably what no, no, right. Ramstein. Oh, Ramstein, oh, Static oh, you're, X. Yeah, uh, and uh, Godsmack would follow at some point. In the it day. is along the same yeah. vibe. No, I get sure. that. Okay, so, so I get okay. Uh, I I could really see why you put them both together. Those two, yeah, very different music, but at the same time, they they just kind of it had well. the same place. In, in in your in your history, you know, and for some reason, I was playing a lot of pinball on the computer at the time. Pinball, the I think I, I don't remember. It was like the uh, the Windows ninety five. Yeah, yeah, pinball. yeah. They all had it installed. Yeah, uh, well, I would like just play that, listening to the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Pinball, Minesweeper, yeah, that shit. Along the same lines, um, kind of my next up would be Slipknot, uh, nineteen ninety nine, self titled. Oh, great album, dude! That album is what the fuck. That's yeah. pretty much the only way I can describe it. Um, I, I had, um, I had a battle. I thought maybe I was going to try to sneak Iowa in, but I re-listened to Iowa and I, it didn't age well with me at Mm, all. mm -hmm, Um, mm kind of like Static X and Godsmack. They kind of didn't age well with me now, but every now and then it's cool to put it on. But, but Slipknot self-titled is fucking off the hook. From 1999, they recorded that shit at Sound City. It was in the, uh, that Sound City documentary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, great album, man. Eyeless is probably my favorite Slipknot song. I think the intensity of the album is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I was a fucking... I was young when I heard that stuff. I, I, that's like another one of these bands where, like, I can't believe I was able to listen to this music at, like, 13 years old. Uh, Corey Taylor will blow you away. The singer? Yeah. One of the best voices in metal. You know, he did that Stone it's Sour. Stone Sour, after, yeah. Right? He really was... kind of showed off... Well, you can hear it on the on, on uh, the self-titled. You can hear it. Wait and Bleed. He does some singing. Not, mm-hmm. not as much of the uh, barking and screaming stuff. Like kind of goes back and forth. That was that was how I discovered Slipknot. That song uh, from played. a movie. Yeah, that Scream Three soundtrack. I think the, it was one of the screams. One of the screams. 
Maybe, yeah, I think it was a Scream 3 soundtrack. The, uh, St- so, uh, Stone Sour was actually a really cool uh, side project. I, I enjoyed I really it. Liked it. Yeah, I like the singles. Honestly, never gave the albums a shot. I should check it out. Maybe. maybe. I like Corey Taylor. Discovering new music, man. That's what we're about. Yeah, man. Even just doing this podcast, I guess, just uh, prompted me here. I'm going to actually take a note. Stone Sour, note check it. albums. That's it. Boom. Stone Sour. That'll be enough. Um... And then, of course... Uh, what are we at now? Number three? Number three, I'm going to have to say uh, D12, Devil's Night, 2001. This is around the time of Chronic, in between Eminem's Marshall Mathers LP and the uh, Eminem show, which was in 2002. This is just filthy, disgusting rap. I can't... It's a party album. You put it on. You get fucked up to it. That's all it is. Yeah, it's like, you know, there's that type of song on the Eminem albums, like, you know, Drug Ballad, or, you know, those the kind of like, uh, the party, what's that one with um, Nate Dogg? Shake, shake That? Uh, yes. It's like that type of song, uh, you know? I don't think that's what it's called. What is it called? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, we got to check. Uh, yeah, Shake That. I think yeah, it's Shake yeah. That. That's right. Yeah. It's that type of song. It's just like uh, it's very vulgar uh, lyrically, uh, and just very much about getting fucked up, like you said. And um, you have you have songs like "Purple Pills," where he's legit talking about popping pills, mm-hmm. the yellow ones and blue ones. You can't beat them. That's basically what the lyric is. Oh, and uh, like they have bizarre. Like D twelve has bizarre as a member, and he's just a disgusting rapper. He's, like, yeah, he's everything, a, he's he doesn't a, give a fuck. Anything he says, it's obscene. It's shock value. Obscene. Yeah, it, it's a hell of a time in Eminem's career, eh? Yeah, and that was also produced by Dre and Eminem, uh, and it was on the Shady Record label with Interscope. So, like, this is big he's stuff. He's just popping. And then two thousand two was Eminem show. Eminem show. Yeah. Wow. And then also um, their second album, uh, D12's second album, which was um, D12 World. D12 World. Which is a lot more party vibe than Devil's Night. Devil's Night is more grim. Okay. Like disgusting. D12 World's more up. It's a little more upbeat. like Eminem show. A little softer. No, I wouldn't say softer. No. (laughs) Okay. I I listen to, to Devil's Night probably... A thousand times, I think I know every one of those songs front to back. But you swallowed all that aftermath shit right up, in right the up. Two, early from, 2000s. from the start of Eminem's career to the. I'm not going to say the end of his career because his career is not over yet. But like his decline and his drug uh, overdose rehab. This was the, this was the worst point of his yes, drug addiction, yes, if I'm not course. mistaken. Like he was. And if the album, if the albums tell the story properly, this was where yeah, shit, shit Eminem was show back. was the worst of it. Yeah, yeah. I was consuming. Every single piece of content from Dr. Dre, from Eminem, from D12 in that group, Obi Trice, sure, uh, 50 Cent. Uh, it, all, all that shit. Them, all of them. Wow. Yeah. Those guys made some fucking money. Eh? Those were, so that was like my McDonald's days. I was working at McDonald's and like that was just like the popular music to listen to. And oh like I was God, doing McDonald's. overnight shifts. It was crazy. God it was damn. Weird. It was hell of a time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> hell of a time to be alive. Making burgers. I liked the job at the time. It was yeah, fantastic. man, I remember you guys had fun. You had a good group of people there. Yeah, it definitely was enjoyable, but um, had to move on. Bitter, bigger, better things. Moving on up. Okay. Talking about moving on up, 
get move on get moving on up your list, man. Now now here's where I have an internal struggle. What is this? Because I like I you know ultimately even though we're not really classifying these in any particular order. There is this is in no particular order. No particular order, but there's still a number one and there's still a two. Okay, well, I mean, go ahead. What's your number two? I have to say system of a down toxicity. Two thousand one. Know the album front to back. It is a personal favorite of mine among the early System of a Downs with their self-titled. I mean, I spent hours upon hours listening to this album, trying to play some of those songs. I think, you know, learning the easier ones like Atwa and, and things that are as a little uh, less ridiculous for me to play. Uh, it was around the time where I was in a lot of bands. We were playing a lot of music. We were trying to kind of build stuff, maybe four or five bands going on at a time. It was just like a uh, very important music time for me. And, and I grew up very closely with this album. Yeah. I mean, you had uh, the self-titled on your first list. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's clear. This is an important band for you for sure. I, uh, this toxicity is one of my favorite albums too. This could have made, this could have been on my uh, top five list today. We're passing it on to you because we sometimes step on each other's feet. We have to agree to disagree sometimes or share share the top five. Gotta fives. share the top five sometimes. Yeah, well, you know, similar upbringings and similar tastes in music. You're bound to cross album albums every once in a while. What What's really cool about the System of a Down story is that uh, I, when I first got my bass, I wanted to start learning by playing System of a Down. Mm-hmm. And I like one of my first big fuck ups, I tried to tune my big string to F yeah, and I broke it. This is about the same time where I was trying to learn like deer dance and other crazy shit. And I didn't know what I was doing at all with my bass. Yeah. At all. You were learning. It was brutal. You were learning. Uh, my poor parents. My favorite song on that album is forest. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of really interesting. That one's really cool. I was listening to uh, mesmerized just recently too. Good, good band, man. Yeah, Mesmerize, Hypnotize. They're great. Uh, th- those are also fantastic albums. They're really great. cool. But like, even some of the other stuff that's not uh, that's not on any uh, studio album, like um, uh, what the fuck, Streamline, and the stuff they did for uh, what was it, Metro? The song's called Metro. Uh, they did an Aussie cover, Snowblind. They did Legend of Zelda. Theme no song. shit, that, I cool. remember Legend of Zelda. These are all Zelda. really cool things that they worked on. That that just like I know all this stuff. No, they were popping out material at one point, man. It was album after album. I remember they had a really productive period there. Okay, so what? So what? What's your number five, Larry? What's your last one on the list? I I'm kind of ashamed. You're ashamed? Yeah. So uh, it's Limp Biscuit, and it's uh, oh, chocolate Jesus. starfish and hot dog flavored water yeah. from the year two thousand. Um, I, I'm only ashamed because we had the privilege to go to Heavy MTL, uh, last week, two weeks ago, last week. Yeah, man. And, uh, Limpiskit had the pleasure of, uh, replacing Avenged Sevenfold because the singer was quite not well. And, uh, they stink. Look, I mean, you know, I spoke to a lot of people that were at that show and, um, they enjoyed being like up front for Limp Biscuit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you're in the pit and you're that, you know, you that's your that's the show experience you're you're after is that that crazy mosh pit and just that party in the crowd, and just heavy drinking beers and shit. You know, like yeah. If that's your vibe, I can see you liking that show. But I mean, half the time they were playing like rec- 
not even covers, but actual recordings of other artists. Like yeah. between songs, they'll just play plugged in an Metallica. Yeah. And they played an Avenged Sevenfold. Like, you know, they'll play like 30 seconds of a song. It's really weird. And then they'll play, you know, their hits. Basically, they just played the hits. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So that part's cool. But I'm looking for something a little more than that. You know, like when you're, when you're standing further back and you're just, you know, you're there to see the show and you're not interested in throwing elbows and getting physical and all that. It really didn't leave much to be desired. Well, so I put this album back on this afternoon mm. uh, while I was cleaning up the place and I was just trying to get ready for the podcast by listening to some of the... Uh, Did you clean up real fast with the album on? Oh, yeah. It really it got was, you hyped up? Um, I really like the album. Okay, despite me having a real sour taste after the show. Yeah. At the time, I can imagine why this was one of my top fives. They're I fun, mean, man. It's super it's a high fun energy. Album. The he's ridiculous. But if you like listen to his lyrics, I think uh, I think there's some really fucked up weird shit going on. Like, I almost think that chocolate starfish is reference to an asshole, and you, you hot think- dog flavored water is reference to urine. Oh wow, eh? Because at one point he just says like stupidities, like kiss my starfish. My chocolate starfish, which means like it pretty much means kiss my asshole. Not just his asshole, but his shit covered asshole. Full of chocolate. Like there's some leftover. I don't know if that's what it means. Someone's going to have to reach out and like confirm that for me or not. But I was listening to that today and I was like, yeah, that's probably. Well, maybe this is real insight into the cleanliness of Fred Durst. Just, Just like what kind of person he is and what kind of asshole he may have. This may be a deeper album than I expected. I don't think so. It's pretty ridiculous. Like start to finish, <laughs> I I can't believe about like some of the stuff that he says, the words he makes up, and yeah. What are some of the songs? Uh, what are some of the songs on the Chocolate Starfish album? Um, so we had Hot Dog, which is the first song. I don't know if that was a single or not, but uh, My Generation, yeah, My Way, oh My Way or the rolling, Highway, Rolling, yeah, the, uh, Living It Up, yeah, uh, Take a Look Around. Was that the... Uh, the Mission Impossible Mission Impossible song. was Take a yeah. Look Around. Yeah, so like that's... Yeah, I know. There's some good songs, man. I, I look, dude, I, when I was younger, I would list, I didn't listen to the album, but I would listen to the singles for sure. When I, I put it back on and just like going through it, I was like, oh man, I remember putting hours into this album as well. Like these are just... Because it was so... It was portable on on my like Shockwave and we had talked about like how flimsy those fucking things were, but... Uh, these are just albums that have been played probably a thousand times. On your Shockwave disc, man. Oh, that thing got beat to shit. I can't I believe you it survived. used the shit out of that. I can't believe it survived the way the, the length of time it survived. It got thrown in my bag. It got thrown in places. I could probably Did your clips break off? Oh, yeah, they snapped. You tape it shut? Um, Keep it working? Yeah, I did something. I don't remember what. Ah, uh, those things, man. I never had a Shockwave, but I did have a disc, man. I had a... All that shit, man. Cassette player, the, the uh, Walkman 2... We've talked about mini disc on this podcast. Yeah, I actually too, I still have it. I I need to bring it next time to show you. Uh, yeah, the, my buddy Shane gave me his. I have one with a couple mini discs. Just before I get into my list here, that whole Napster thing, like you said, that you know certain bands. You had mentioned to me off uh, off air, like certain bands. You just kind of had that one song, mm-hmm. you know, like Disturbed, Down with the Sickness. You had mentioned. What a time! Like the, we were right at that transitioning. Point because me too. I was still buying CDs, but certain bands, I just got the song I wanted, and that was it. Yeah, you would like find out what song it was, or you'd catch it on the radio, and we 
we're beginning to have the ability to, to go and get those songs and, uh, you know, get a copy of them for ourselves, right? I mean, uh, maybe we shouldn't say that. That's like admitting copyright infringement. Oh, whatever, man. At this point, how, how many years back was that? Doesn't matter. I don't even know what song we're talking about. I remember downloading. Do you remember a band called Dishwalla? Yeah, probably. They had a song called Counting Blue Cars. I think that was my first song I ever downloaded with the program on the internet. Really? Yes. I remember that being my first song. Oh, I couldn't tell you what was mine. Uh, maybe a skit. A skit? Like uh, the Kick My Dog skit. Oh, yeah. That shit. And like the Jerky Boys that. and stuff. Yeah, Jerky Boys, man. I would love to listen to that again. The Jerky Boys album? We got to throw that on. I wonder if they sell it on pizza, record. Pepperoni pizza stuff. Oh my God. Yeah, that's yeah. good too. That was good too. Okay. So. that That's. Look, this episode is about getting nostalgic, right? Mm-hmm. So I figure it just crossed my mind because we just touched it at the beginning of your list. We were talking about downloading and it just, it stuck with me. I really wanted to ask you about that. Okay. My top five list. I, I definitely want to say with a high probability that CCR Fortunate Son and Animals House of the Rising Sun were probably one of the top first 10 songs I downloaded. Songs. Cool. It's got to be one of those. Yeah. I remember a few other ones, too. Ah, oh, well. Thinking about your youth, eh? We're sitting here, what, 33? 33 young, man. 33 young? Old dogs. Talking about when we were, like, little chillins. 17, 18 years old. Let's see my list, what I was listening younger, to. Younger, man. I was younger at that point. In 2002? No, we were uh, just graduated high school. Yeah. So you're 17. Mm-hmm. Okay. First guy I'm gonna first band I'm gonna talk about. Okay. Straight from Sweden, Melancholin. Yeah. These guys, they're like a hard rock punk band, really straight up, but they had this shtick to them. You know, there was something very melancholin about it. Very powerful songs, especially on this album. I feel like up until Home From Home, uh, this is 2002's Home From Home, okay? Um, they kind of leaned more on the punk side, and they, with Home From Home, they brought a little bit, it got a little heavier. It was mm-hmm. like a little bit more of the metal side came into it, you know? Bigger guitars, I feel like, uh, what what's, was always funny about this band is that they're from Sweden, and the singer, my God, his accent comes through when he, when he sings. Sometimes... You can't, well, most of the time you can't understand the lyrics. Like it's so warped. Or, or, or me and my friends would have a blast coming up with lyrics that we thought it sounded like it was so different from the original. With this album, you can hear that it gets a little bit more clear. So the lyrics come, ac- come across really well. You have songs like, well, Home from Home, uh, Happiness for Dogs, Camp. You know Kemp, right? Mm-hmm. Where did you hear that song? Was it the music video? Yeah. The you music remember video the music? Was the ro- like kind of the, the, the robots. Yeah, yeah that's that, it. I mean, that was... So I had known Melancholin originally from Tony Hawk, uh, which we covered in the past. No Cigar? Uh, no Cigar was yeah. on Tony Hawk. So yeah. like right away, I, I caught that. And then I started listening to a couple more punk compilations. You know, I, if you had asked me that. what my favorite Melancholin song is, I'd probably say No Cigar. Mm-hmm. But as an album... Home from Home is much better than Pennybridge okay, Pioneers. That, that's fair. And yeah. I heard, I've heard No Cigar probably like 10,000 times. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's one of the ones. I remember being at the Melancholin show. And I can't remember the venue. I was having this discussion with Steve. We are trying to figure it out. I think it was the medley. I was like maybe three bodies from the front. 
and I was on the guitarist side, they were so tight, man. That was a, f- that, but that's what the band does. They're just so fun. Out of the, all the bands on my list, they're definitely the lightest, you know, nothing too serious. You know, sometimes their lyrics talked about, you know, the hardships of growing up, you know, broke or whatever. They'd have like a character that was really like down on his luck and everything's going bad. They like to sing about characters like that. But all in all, it's very much uplifting. You know, it just makes you feel good. They had a special fun fact. This album, the Home From Home album, on the cover, had on the, the bottom uh, right corner of the cover, has a little picture of the old Spectrum in Montreal. Oh, cool. Yeah. They had a, like a real fondness for Montreal. I always thought that maybe it had to do with how the weather was very much the same. Like, I feel like... Is this made up? No, this okay. is real. What, that there's the a picture? The no, 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 me, for me, I'm just speculating for okay. sure. It's made up, yeah. But I felt like maybe that had something to do with it. You know, the crowd, they, they, it was very much like the same kind of thing. If they were touring in the winter, they probably felt at home. Home from home, man, maybe. That's why they put the spectrum on there, dude. Maybe it's Montreal. Yeah, indirectly. maybe they felt at home here. Yeah. Anyway, I always thought that was cool. So number two on my list is The Used. Self-titled. From 2002 was their first album. These guys had a hard time. Uh, apparently, they were completely broke, begging for money. Singer had a huge drug addiction problem, was on and off. Uh, at one point, uh, before the band got really established, uh, Quinn, the guitarist, actually was housing the singer and his girlfriend because they were on the street. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he really kind of felt like there was something special about how he sang with the band and how he fit. And he, he, he was like taking care of him for the good of the band type thing. Jesus. And at one point, I was uh, listening to an interview and they were saying that um, he'd go out and get him like a whole bunch of job applications, try and get him to get some work and this and that. This was when the band was up and coming and he wouldn't do it. And then he'd go back on the drugs and this and, that. and it, it left It left him feeling very used which is where the, the band name came from. When they were discussing what band name, a whole bunch of shit came up. And then when used came up and that they felt like he had, he had felt like he had given so much that like he really pushed for that as the band name. And that's why it became what it was. How I discovered the band was that on, uh, well, on my first teen top five, if you guys want to check that out, by the way, it's the very first episode of the music podcast deluxe. On my first list, there was Goldfinger's Stomping Ground. Mm-hmm. Now, John Feldman, the singer from Goldfinger, also um, produces and signs acts. He has a label, and he works at finding new talent. And he actually discovered the use and produced their first album. Oh, no shit. Yeah, which is how I came across it, because I was always You're following up with John Feldman right. news. And, like, you know, I kind of I heard that he was working with this new band, and I checked it out. Box full, full of Sharp Objects was the first song I heard. They had like a really shitty music video for it on, on YouTube at the time. I remember I must have seen it like a hundred times. I had never heard anybody scream quite like that. You know, it was. He still to this day has one of my favorite screams ever. And he has a way of they have a way of going really hard, like Box Full of Sharp Objects. And then you get an other song where super light, soft, like Taste of Ink. It's, they do that every album that goes light and soft, kind of screamo, emo, more, more, more poppy, very much more poppy, like real good hooks and melodies, and then super heavy, more 
hardcore, post-hardcore, screamo side. You know, like uh, they, they do both on each album, one song to another. So that's kind of what drew me to the band, the dynamics, because I love a good hook. I love, you know, I love a yeah. poppy hook. So, and I, I like heavy too. So it, it was just kind of the best of both worlds for me, that band. I listened to the shit out of that album. Man. It's so crazy how like our, our musical tastes right off the bat are completely opposite. Yeah. I'm, You're listening to screamo, upbeat punk. I'm listening to dark fucking demon shit. Yeah, it's it's really like nothing on your list. This, no, the, the, at a, all. A lot of this and is a, like a lot of the original stuff that uh, you had, you passed over to me in prep for this. I was like, man, I've never heard any of this stuff. Yeah, so I was I was uh, that's what it was. What we? we had maybe memories on that album. Taste of Ink was one of the singles. Box of Sharp Objects I mentioned already. There's a whole bunch. I I I just listened to it in prep for this for this episode. I still love it. It aged well. The only reason I know of some of this stuff is because it's most likely been listened to. Like in passing in your car when I was sitting there or something on one. Oh of your yeah, for sure, like for sure. One of the road trips we've taken, definitely for sure it was on there. Definitely. So. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Going up north or something, and this was blasting. It's like residual yeah. used. You got you got the side effect of it. Or, yeah, yeah. A, a, a passing. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Okay, so number three, kind of in the same realm, mm-hmm. but much heavier. Thrice. I know you know these guys. Mm-hmm. Um. A, a smattering of thrice. Yeah, I don't know them all, but thrice. I know a little bit from uh, from video games as well. And then I think uh, one of the songs you're going to talk about, I definitely know. So uh, okay. that that uh, that helps. The thrice album I'm going to talk about is the Artist in the Ambulance from 2003. Mm-hmm. This was their third album. Okay, so they're like pretty matured at this point. They've really kind of honed in their sound. They have they have this way of incorporating. Really weird time signatures with like still like pretty good like uh, catchy choruses, but it's heavier. Like if you're gonna compare it to the used, it's much more metal than screamo. You know, it it leans much more away from anything emo or screamo. It's like post hardcore metal kind of kind of. But you know, on this album, there's still like the. There's still the strong chorus. There's still the sing-alongs that, uh, for me, you need that in 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 the in the music for me to be interested. This is one band that I kind of I saw right when I started going to shows, and they they really changed the way I looked at heavy music and where how heavy I could go. They they allowed me to go into that metal area, and like I didn't like that so much before, you know. That hardcore zone, like, and then I was able to go to get to at the drive-in, and you know, I was I was able to go down that route after you uh, last year. Wasn't it last year you drove down to, to Mississauga or something to see these guys? Yeah, I, in, in in the same day we took a six-hour drive from Montreal to Toronto, saw thrice, and drove back, and then drove back the same night. I got How was back that? In the morning. The drive itself, uh, well, I was pretty uh, haggard when I got back there. Yeah, was well, yeah, it's like twelve hours tired. of driving in a show. Yeah. But uh, the show itself was good. It wasn't the best show I've seen because it's, it's hard when you've seen these guys at a venue with like two, three hundred people mm-hmm. and you're in the front row Definitely. and they're playing your two favorite albums. You know, they, they were touring. At their prime. Yeah, was really very much at their prime. So if I'm comparing that show and plus the set list was nowhere near. I don't like the older, st- the newer stuff as much. Mm-hmm. So the set list wasn't as tailored to me this last time I seen them. So... 
it's really hard to compare. What's uh, when we were going through Thrice, it actually, and we kind of made the realization that I actually knew the album. Mm. Uh, the other song from that album that I knew quite well was "All That's Left," uh, because it was on NHL 2003 soundtrack. All that's left is good. That, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's so. Weird. Like, I get these crazy one-off associations like that, and it's just like, oh, wait, I know that song. And yeah, like, a lot all of a sudden, hey, I know like that, that band. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the Black Key stuff, the original Black Key stuff that I was listening to, is like two thousand three, two thousand four. It's all from yeah one-off songs that I catch on like games or commercials or uh, fucking movie trailers. Well, here, man, you, you, my favorite song. If you want to check it out, Silhouette off this album. It's just really great punches. You know, if you, the verse is just full of punches, then you have this chanting chorus. You know, it's, it, it's, it's cool. You got to check that out. Maybe a candidate for a master track. We didn't do any master tracks this year. We haven't done any master tracks. We're We've not doing avoided one now. This. this is not a master track. This is not, not no, we're track. not going to do it. No, not a master track. No, teasing the master track, but not a master track. That, that's Muck. That, he's a, a tease. Number four or number on two. my list. Or number two for counting down. But I'm going to say. Number four, just to keep continuity. Billy Talent One. <clears throat> Can't argue with that. This is one of the ones where I had to concede. I will give you full uh, full credit for this one on your top five. 2003. These guys had been a band for uh, 10 years. Jesus Christ. Before uh, they changed their name to Billy Talent and came up with this album. They were called Pez before. Pez. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Good old Canadian boys, eh? It's like you have... It's it, It's kind of like the hip... They were friends from high school, and they stayed one band and never changed the member. Even uh, the when the drummer got MS, he took some time away. They got a sub, and then he came back. Came back when he was feeling better. <laughs> I think he's still kind of not full-time. Yeah. He'll come back when he's got But that's it. Days. Like, the spot is reserved for him, you know? Yeah. Like, not even in sickness. Like, those guys... You can tell that they just seem like such nice guys. I've watched a bunch of interviews and stuff over the years. I've always been interested in the band. Just seem like genuinely nice guys. And then you have Ian DeSaw, that's probably one of the my favorite guitarists to, to see play. He's awesome. Yeah, it just has such a presence. And I love the way he writes uh, just all these weird scales. You you wouldn't expect it. You know, he kind of he sneaks it in there. Talking about not in- expecting it, their back vocals are like, I never heard a band go for it like that. Yeah. it's it re- It's him just kind of... It's the guitarist just kind of he he Blur- screams and he sings yeah. yeah he screams and he sings a little bit but it, it's it's very unique I, I I can't describe it really it's a sing scream but yeah. it's weird yeah it's not something you'd expect I mean typically you'll have the singer himself doing back vocals on the track like you'll have back tracks of the singer himself doing yeah, his yeah back like vocals. like Fred uh, like Fred Durst exactly actually just like Fred Durst and. On this album, you don't have any of that. You just have the rawness of yeah. Ian DeSaw just kind of Sp- going for it. Yeah, it, it's really just amazing. And this band, too, yeah, it, it, it just prompts me these shows. I see. I saw them at Bourbon North. Oh, fuck you, man. Indoors at Bourbon North, headlining a show where Death From Above was opening. Yeah, I remember. Remember I the remember story? you guys shot up there at night. And yes, like I, that's I completely right. just didn't want to get off my ass and go see it. I, you I, know I haven't seen these guys live. Yeah, I, I, we need to get there. And then there was that there was that 10th anniversary show uh, where they were doing the 10th anniversary of this album. So I guess it was in 2013. And they played the album in its entirety in sequence. And then played basically every other song I wanted to hear from Billy Talon 2, 3, and... 
so far. Onward. Yeah. But you didn't you didn't finish your up north story. I was talking about up north. Urban. Oh yeah, no, it just just that it was a sick show. I remember the feeling I got when Ian DeSaw came out on stage. Must have been tiny. No, he's pretty pretty tall. Guy. On the stage. Oh yeah. From what I remember, yeah, it was pretty tiny. Not like a small venue, but something like Club Soda. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Something like a Club Soda. Like a big bar stage. I saw it run the jewels at Club Soda. That was awesome. Oh, Soda's a great venue. So, Billy Talent number four. Now our number five. Now I'm cheating. Hmm. <clears throat> There's no, nothing wrong with bending the rules now I'm on our putting own two albums. show. This is our own show and I will <laughs> bend and twist the rules as I wish. I'm just going to edit it out if it's too long, so... Coheed and Cambria, oh. I'm taking their first and second album, and I'm going to explain why. Their first album is the second stage Turbine Blade. That was 2002. And then in 2003, they released In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. Okay, so what's the fucking deal here? These okay. things are ridiculous. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. On fr- There's very many layers to Coheed and Cambria. On the surface, you have what is undeniably a progressive rock band. Uh, very eclectic music so people have a real hard time placing them because they'll do like a pop punk thing a little bit of a prog rock thing they got some definite metal elements in there but all in all progressive rock is about pushing the envelope and mixing in different genres That that's why they started calling it progressive rock in the first place bands like Rush and Genesis and uh, Deep Purple yes they incorporated elements into rock that were never there in the first place. So they got labeled progressive rock. And it so happened that they had a certain sound. Now, I don't think that Coheed has that classic progressive rock sound, but they incorporate different elements of rock from the time and they make something kind of bigger than epic. Epic. It's so that, that's, that's, that's the, the genre the best I could d- describe. Now the, the the whole theme of the of their music and what's underneath and why I feel like both albums could be kind of spoken about in the same breath is that they're themed and they're they're all concept albums and the first five albums are based on this story called the Amory Wars and it's really complicated to explain but Coheed and Cambria are two characters in that and a whole bunch of stuff will happen to them and each album will kind of jump from one timeline to another. And you'll see different angles and different uh, different aspects. It's very complicated science fiction story. I I I, I wouldn't want to go into any description because I'd butcher it. Uh, <laughs> so if you want to go and check out the comic book, then there's, there's there's another thing, right? So you have you have the the music, and then you have the concept, and then they have comic books that go with comic books and graphic novels that kind of go with a few of the albums. As like a like. Con- continuation not just continuation volume. but it's kind of like a fill in the gap okay. you know like the album itself will be based each song will be based on certain moments of the story and then the comic book kind of puts them all together for you that'd be really fun I think yeah I, I mean I don't really have the time to, to sit down and go through all this stuff but I know I, I definitely prefer the the later album the Apollo with, good Apollo with, 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 uh, with Burning Star 4 yeah it's called yeah, yeah and um, Welcome Home which is like a That's, classic no it's a huge song so look, you have Claudio Sanchez. He's he he for me is like the the biggest part of the band. You know he's the he's one of the lead guitarists because they kind of both share the role, but he's also the singer. 
The thing about this band is if you never heard Coheed and Cambria, Claudio's voice is very much polarizing. You either like it or you really just don't like it at all. Mm-hmm. For me, it, it kind of is the perfect... Like that high pitch thing he does, it pierces through the music and the melody pops like you don't have in other prog rock or metal. Like you have a very pronounced melody and usually the lyric is like super in your face. Part of the fun for me, for Coheed. I feel I feel like his vocals almost have a wobble to them. They do. He does when, that, when yeah. He's, like when he's, uh, when he's holding a, a word, yeah. it like wobbles a little he bit. He does it's that. Trem- tremor, like yeah. a tremor. Yeah, no, it, it's... It's very unique. So if you haven't checked out Coheed and Cambria, please just go go check it out. We're going. I, I'm going to the show September 21st. Maybe I'm coming. I think maybe I convinced Muck over uh, before we started recording this episode. I went on a Coheed rant where I was just talking about everything. These these are one of the guys that I see. This is one of the bands I saw early on too, in front of two three hundred people playing the albums yeah. I wanted to hear. Aren't those the best shows? Oh my god! Like the, the days of those going to those shows, especially the the time the time and the age we were at, like. It was some of the most fucking amazing fun I've had in terms of like listening to a show at a band in its prime at an age where I could really, I don't want to say abuse my body, but that's kind of what happened, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I, honestly, I wasn't, uh, it wasn't so much about uh, body abuse, but oh, the pits though. Yeah. I and mean, we were there early. We were standing up for 12, 13 hours sometimes. Yeah, I we know. We wanted man. to get to the front. Uh, we got like, look at the Audio Slave show. We got crushed against the front. Yo, check my out this picture, okay? This is Rainbow. Oh, sick. Okay. I, saw, I, I actually this. saw it this afternoon. You nope. saw this picture? Yeah, yeah. Where? Uh, um, it's not up. This is a screenshot. Somebody posted it. Uh, who's that? Gail? Is that this Gail's is Jen? Instagram? This is Gail. Yeah, but is that This Gail's? is Jen's Instagram. It's Jen. So I think she DM'd you that. Yeah, okay. So look, let me just describe for them. I'm holding up a picture. Uh, it's um, my friend uh, Jen, Gail, and Yasmin. And Claudio is in the picture. That's Claudio Sanchez from Coheed and Cambria. No fucking shit. I took this picture. <laughs> he looks so young. Yeah, I took this picture at Rainbow. He was out in front signing autographs and just hanging out with people. This is this is how I saw the band. That's amazing. Yeah, so like... And like at their peak. At, at their... No, not their peak of popularity, but their prime. Like yeah. they hadn't recorded Welcome Home. Oh, This was before Good Apollo. Yeah. Okay, they were getting there. Yeah. It was raw, dude. It dude, was what's raw. So, what's so amazing about that other album, Good Apollo, is that there's like a whole string quartet or something on there, right? Like Good Apollo really went up a notch in production. That's fucking like, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. They got some money behind them at that point. Yeah, I guess they were doing really well. Their live show is is legendary, man. Yeah, they're just. I hope I hope they can bring it for your sake. Me too. Me too, man. I hope they still got it. I've been checking out some YouTube videos. You know, I can't help it. You know, you know who doesn't it have seems it anymore? Like they still got it. Yeah, Manson. Oh my goodness! Did you see that heavy MTL set? Yeah, we were we were there together. We endured it. We bitched, and I mean, look, last episode we bitched about not getting to go see Red Fang uh, because we had to go see Manson, and uh, not only did we get dumped on with rain, but like Manson hasn't aged well. Poor guy. No, and for some reason he still has to have the camera on him the entire Completely. set. You know, there's those two big jumbotrons. Well, it did not leave his face unless it was it was either. Looking at him or on the audience, his the rest of his band didn't get any screen time, which is unfortunate Zero. because the Zero band is really time. tight. The band was good. Yeah, the band was the best part of the the whole set, and you can you know the the guitarist is soloing and it's Marilyn Manson kind of like looks like he's gasping for breath on the floor. And look, in his defense, he was a little bit ill. 
He was a little ill, but, but I, anyway. He, he, it sounded like that was disappointing. It was yeah. disappointing at the very least. Rob Zombie saved the day. Rob Zombie was amazing. Full blown rock star. Yeah, guy's in fucking shape, man. Dude, he even got like almost pulled into the crowd, or yeah. he, he like got pulled halfway into the crowd and started a kind of mini ruckus. And I was like, "What the fuck?" No, is no going the guy's on, good man? to this go, man. Down there, he's got that whole zombie cowboy thing down packed, man. How'd you know you? he's a vegan. Yeah, I did. Vegan, man. No o- meat. Olga in those told bones. me about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, no meat anymore. No meat anymore in those bones. Yeah. But um, that was that was an interesting uh, interesting dive into our yeah we our really music history. I went deep, dude. It, the last like couple weeks just in prep, it was fun. Just revisiting dude. the music was amazing. You know how much Billy Talent, uh, the first album I listened to, like yeah. I was putting it on in the car at one point, and uh, it was running on my Spotify nonstop. Man, that's it's such an epic album. It's what? one of my favorite first songs of an album. We, I find uh, the album opens perfect. We said we had a runner-up here that we were both wanted to. Oh, of course, of course, uh, Bush X. <gasps> that's our runner-up. Yeah, our joint runner-up. We um we couldn't like we can't get them all on here. I mean, look at my list. Uh, I have Sublime. I had uh, uh, Offspring. Uh, fuck, man. What else do we have on here? Uh, Green Day. I, there's but there's Bush X for a seaside here. Bush for sure. X, Bush X, Sixteen Stone. Yeah, was a huge album for me. As fantastic a album. Remember Glycerine? Yeah, of it was course. one of the first songs of I learned course. on guitar. Machine Head, it's a super easy uh, guitar riff. Machine Head was so fun. No, that album too. Come down. No, they're all. Uh, there, there's a bunch of great songs on that. Everything's ends on that too. Eh? Yes, it is. The only thing Great really album. from the other album I know is like uh, Greedy Fly and maybe another that's song. That's Razorblade Suitcase, yeah. Swallowed. Yes, that's Swallowed right. and Greedy Fly. That's the, I think those are the two singles on that album. But aside from that, like I'm I had really, that album too. The, the, I had the cassette. Oh. I had the cassette oh of that God, one. Yeah. Man. How are you fancy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So, we're done season two. Holy shit. We got through it. What are we going to... We're going to make it, man. We're going we're gonna to do it. So, look, I don't know what the fuck we have in store for you guys. But I suggest you hit subscribe because we're going to be coming back. Of course, we're going to do something. Um, we're going to get... I need to get the YouTube channel uh, caught back up for anyone who wants to listen on YouTube. Yeah, well, I will have everything up on YouTube. Um, you know, maybe clean up the webpage a little bit. Uh, give the readers uh, something uh, or the listeners a better, easier way to access our stuff. Because I know it's not exactly the prettiest. So maybe some maintenance... Uh, some cleanup. Getting our shit. General, on, getting our shit together. Work on some stuff for season three. Play some music. Yeah, go man. see some fucking shows. Take some vacation, and just immerse ourselves in whatever we can for music. And along the way, uh, we're gonna be updating Facebook and Instagram. So you guys go push follow or like or whatever the hell uh, is necessary. Or yeah. the thumbs up button or the, the, I don't know, is there a poop emote somewhere that on one of the platforms? Poop, maybe? poop emote all over us. That, 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 that would be quite enjoyable. Muck, why don't you tell them where to find us? As always, if you have any ideas, any thoughts, you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, check us on Facebook at the DBTH Guys. You can find us on Instagram, uh, DBTH Guys. You can shoot us an email the dbth guys at gmail.com you can find us on apple music spotify you know what just hashtag make some time for music that'll work you know if you just hashtag make some time for music in either facebook or instagram you'll find our posts uh a lot of interesting shit goes up there if we go to festivals oh everything yeah yeah, we update the stories it's all it's all good to go man it's all good to go um 
I guess we'll see you next season. We'll see you next season, everybody. And most importantly, remember, everybody, make some time for music. It's fucking important. I'm all jammed up here with my book. We got our B-sides, Teen Top 5. Who's starting it up, Muck? Who wants to go first? Um, do you want to do one each? You want to like... Uh, how do you want to do this? Let me run through my list. Let You're going to go through straight list. through? You're going to pop right on in? Uh, no, I'll, I'll go one at a time here because I think it makes... Oh, excuse me. Oh, just a, Christ, it's, a gas, it's a gaseous night, isn't it? Isn't it a gaseous night? <laughs> I feel it's very gaseous. Um, I'm going to go... I think I'm going to go one at a time. Okay. And the first, the first one I'm going to start with is literally me cheating. I'm going to do two albums. Oh, how you figured that? Uh, so I, when I built this list, I wanted to do uh, both Godsmack, uh, the Awake album, uh, which is I don't remember the date, the year. I'm going to need to write all these down. Yeah, you wrote it. You sent it to me. I know I sent it to you on the phone. I just need to get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need just that. A sec, I just need this for a second. It's okay, I know what I'm talking about. Muck right now, only describe is is scrambling to find the dates. This is how we do it at the music podcast deluxe. Unorganized to shit. Unorganized shit. So I just look, came up with the topic two 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 hours ago. Sincere I'm just gonna entertain everybody. Go uh, fart again.
Oh god. That's my face. What the fuck? I don't have Limp Biscuit on here. <laughs> Are you laughing because I didn't acknowledge your fart or because I'm ill-prepared? Both. <laughs>